Today's episode is part of our Protective Intelligence Honors Program, a program we developed at the Center for Protective Intelligence to celebrate the top pioneers and thought leaders in physical security. Each month, we will be recognizing groundbreaking professionals who have driven new shifts and novel practices, development of innovative solutions, and are contributing to influencing and advancing the physical security and protection industry. Hi, I'm Fred Burton. Today, I'm speaking with one of our honorees, Scott Stewart, Vice President of Intelligence for Torchstone Global, a leading risk mitigation and security advisory firm. In his 35-year career, Scott has led efforts around the global analysis of terrorism and was a special agent with the U.S. State Department. He's here with me today to discuss his views on leadership, changes in the physical security space, and more. For Scott's complete bio, please visit our website at protectiveintelligencehonors.com. Scott, welcome to the Protective Intelligence Podcast. Well, thanks, Fred. It's a real honor to be here with you. Scott, how did you get into the security industry? Well, really, Fred, it was, it was kind of by uh, happenstance, a mistake. Uh, coming out of college, I had been recruited by the agency and, and really had kind of planned to be a, a CIA case officer. Um, but they had this thing called Graham Rubin Hollings that froze all uh, agency case officer hiring at that point. And uh, I just lucked into uh, diplomatic security, uh, which was hiring, as you know, uh, in, in kind of the post Inman era to really expand the, the, the ranks of DSS special agents. In, in the long run, it ended up being a much better career for me personally, just because of the way I'm wired. You know, I'm really more of a sheepdog than a wolf. And so uh, it was much better for me to be in, uh, you know, a security role rather than in, uh, you know, the case officer role. Wow. I've known you a long time, Scott. I never knew you you first tried to get into the agency. So I appreciate you sharing that uh, with us. What's the biggest change you've seen in the security space during your career? Well, obviously, technology, Fred, uh, you know, it has made such a difference. And, and when we look at, at, you know, specifically protective intelligence, uh, you know, I think back to the old days when we would get a cable in from somewhere that there had been a bombing or an assassination or some sort of attack. Uh, and, and it could take days for us to maybe get some photos or we, we'd find a photo or two in the press. Uh, but today, something happens and almost instantaneously uh, due to both, uh, you know, the, the, the news sites, but also social media specifically, we can get so many videos and photos and details of an attack. Uh, that, that you really almost don't have to go to the scene to see what's happened. Uh, you know, you can kind of analyze and determine what happened uh, just from all this vast information that's coming in now. So I really think this this information technology revolution has totally upended the way we do things. You know, even when we think about, uh, you know, doing checks on a person of interest, uh, you know, it's it's no longer just on kind of the, the, the classified side or, or, or the restricted side of public records. But, you know, within just a couple of minutes, you know, using open source tools, uh, you can, you know, generally draw a pretty good picture of someone and, and who they are. Scott, we ask each one of our honorees this question. How has a failure or apparent failure set you up for later success? Meaning, do you have a favorite failure of yours? Yeah, really. In, in my case, it, it was that, that detour at the beginning of my career uh, when I got that letter from the CIA that said, uh, we don't want you anymore. 
you know, I, I had basically gone into my officer basic course at the Army uh, with cover. I was supposed to be under State Department cover. And then I got this letter saying, hey, we don't want you. And that kind of collapsed my world for a little bit over a year until I, I got on with DS. Uh, and, and during that time, I, I did a lot of soul searching. And I did everything from painting to uh, constructing decks to even uh, you know, failing as a vacuum cleaner salesman. It was terrible. But, but really, you know, in, in the long run and in hindsight, you know, DS ended up being a, a much better place for me and really positioned me, uh, you know, just the, the things that I learned during my 10 years there uh, really positioned me for the career I've had since. Um, and, and I just learned so much, met so many people, um, you know, during those 10 years, uh, you know, that it just really formed me and, and helped me along through the rest of my life. Yeah, very well said. Scott, what is your everyday carry? Uh, well, uh, on, as far as firearms, uh, it, it's, it's my SIG 928. Uh, you know, I, I carry that wherever I can. Uh, I also carry uh, a, a really nice and, and old school Spyderco Endura uh, almost every day. Uh, but in addition to, to, to the weapons, there's a bunch of stuff that I carry in my briefcase that I think are, are really even more important to those, uh, such as a smoke hood. Uh, you know, I, you and I for years have, have preached uh, the utility and the necessity of smoke hoods for people who travel or people who live and work in, in high rise buildings. You know, so I'm really a big proponent and practice what I preach as far as carrying the smoke hood. I also carry a, a small first aid kit. Uh, in my briefcase that has, uh, you know, stop the bleed type materials and, and then some some basic first aid stuff. But, you know, wh when we see these incidents around the world, uh, you know, most of the fatalities come from people bleeding out. So I think that, you know, stopping the bleed is important. I also carry stop the bleed kits in, in each of my vehicles. Uh, in addition, in my briefcase, I always carry a high power flashlight just because, you know, a flashlight is is invaluable in a crisis situation. Um, and, you, you know, you don't want to use the flashlight on your phone if you don't have to, uh, not only because the, you know, your high intensity flashlight is brighter than your cell phone, but it's better to save that cell phone battery for communicating than using it as a flashlight. Scott, is there anything I haven't asked you that you would like to share? I, I think that, that uh, j just, you know, in general, looking at protective intelligence as, uh, you know, a discipline. Um, it, it's been exciting to see it growing, you know, especially over the last decade. Um, it's been incredible to see the development of, you know, these new tools, uh, these new uh, associations for, for sharing information, for learning and teaching. Um, and, you know, I've always really believed in, in the whole concept of, of being proactive, uh, especially in the security realm. And protective intelligence is really that tool that allows details to be proactive. Uh, it allows them to see these threats as they're emerging and, you know, avoid them or mitigate them. Um, so, you know, I'm, I'm just really excited to see Ontic, uh, you know, doing what you're doing as far as a platform, but also the Center for Protective Intelligence and the efforts that, that you and the team of Ontic uh, at Ontic are, are taking to promote protective intelligence and, and to really educate people about what it is and how it can help them keep their people and their facilities safe. Well, thank you, Scott, for being on the Ontic Protective Intelligence Podcast. Thanks for having me, Fred. It's always great talking to you. This episode was brought to you by the Ontic Center for Protective Intelligence. 
Learn more at ontic.ai slash center. Again, that's ontic.ai slash center. It was produced by A.J. McKeon. Our music is a track called Monte Verde Ride and was written by Brian Bristow and performed by Smoke and Novas. Check them out on Spotify. Please remember to rate and review our podcast on iTunes and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you have questions, we'd love to hear them. You can reach us at podcast at ontech.ai or visit ontech.ai slash center for more information. And thanks for listening.